Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. Thanks so much for joining us today, which is May 19th, 2016. We're going to have a great show for you today. We're all going to learn some more about fitness and nutrition, and we're going to try and put some good emphasis on weight loss. That's something I hold dear to my heart. I think that most people struggle with it at one time or another in, in their lives. Our special guest today is Taylor Robbins. He's the creator of the Body Temple System. A little background on Taylor. He ran a marathon at the age of 12, and then he received his black belt in Tang So Do at the age of 15. He Then he tried out for the NFL, and um, he's been training and coaching people in fitness and nutrition for the past five years. He actually owns an online coaching business. Again, it's called Body Temple System, and it provides individualized programming for people in nutrition and training, and he also likes to get involved with the mindset that people hold relative to losing weight, uh, dropping body fat, and increasing lean muscle. So let's bring Taylor onto our show now. Hi, Taylor. Hey, how's it going, Denise? It's going great. Just great. I like to ask my guests before we get started how you got on the path that you're on today. Now we we know your background, but yeah. at what point did you decide? Oh, I want to create this body temple system, and I want to put most of my energy toward helping people. Yeah, totally. Um, well, what's funny is like I've always been super passionate about fitness and nutrition uh, myself, personally. Uh, I love how, you know, spending time in the gym helps correlate to, you know, doing better in athletics and how eating a certain way and training a certain way made my body look different uh, and changed my energy and all, obviously all the benefits that come with uh, living a fit and healthy lifestyle. Uh, so I've always been passionate about it for myself. I just never really thought it could turn into a career um, where I could support myself and support a family. You know, I have a family now. I have a, uh, my wife, Nikki, and also our newborn son, Rocket, who's just over a month old. Um, so I never really thought it would be a vehicle that would be able to support uh, my life. But basically in, in college, I studied actually political science. I had nothing to do with exercise science or nutrition or anything like that. And uh, I wanted, uh, at least I thought, I wanted to work um, like for the federal government. I wanted to do federal law enforcement, and uh, which is why I was studying poli-sci poli with an emphasis in international crime. And uh, things just didn't pan out, and I realized I actually wasn't passion, passionate about that. And uh, so my last semester of college, here I am not knowing what I'm going to do with my life, and uh, I, I got offered a, a job as a personal trainer at a gym and started doing it and had great success in it and success in bringing results for clients. And um, that eventually spawned into me wanting to be able to reach even more people, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I developed Body Temple System and the online platform that we have because now, you know, I can help hundreds of clients and um, you know, the goal is to eventually be able to transform a thousand people a year is my goal. And so I now have a system and I have an ability to do that because um, I just really love, 
you know, getting people to lose inches and lose pounds, it, it's really cool, but honestly, it's not what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about what that does for a person's life. Because um, mm-hmm. really, people don't even really care about lost inches or lost pounds. They care about the confidence that they get from that. They care about, um, you know, the happiness that they have, the energy that they get to have, treating their bodies well. Um, and that's the sort of change that I'm really passionate about, and that's why I do what I do. Well, it's interesting uh, that you actually transformed everything online. Let's talk about how that whole system works. I'm very curious about it, and I'm sure our listeners are also. What would we um, expect from your program yeah. online? So <clears throat> what what we do is, uh, obviously, because it's online, um, you, you're accessing content, um, you know, because you're not training with, with me or any of our coaches on staff in person. Um, so the way that we set up the system is you get access to a membership site where you're accessing your specific contents. So we give you a nutrition plan, um, which gets upgraded on a weekly basis, and we can get into some of the uh, more technical things with all this, but the metabolism is always adapting, meaning nutrition should have a progression to it and not be stagnant. So we're actually upgrading uh, people's nutrition plans on a weekly basis based on the fact that they're losing one to two pounds a week. Um, that's what we guarantee in all of our programs is one to two pounds of weight loss per week. Um, so they're, they're accessing, like, their food list, their recipes, um, you know, their macronutrient ratios, um, some of the tools that they're using to – um, to plan and organize their meals for the week and how to cook in bulk. So they're accessing that content in the membership site. And then they're all also accessing their workouts because we're programming all their workouts for them. Um, so all their content, as well as their mind renewal videos, we put all of our clients through a mind renewal module once a week because um, transformation is much more than just the physical. It, it really is about um, recalibrating poor self-image and speaking different stories to yourself um, as opposed to negative stories. So we really work on the mental transformation side as well. Um, so the clients are accessing all their content inside that membership site. But then okay. for, account of, for accountability and support, um, our coaches are doing a weekly one-on-one call with every client um, on the phone and as well as doing a, a goal-setting call um, every 90 days where we map out in the next 12 weeks for every client, reverse engineer their goals. Um, and then we put all of our clients into secret Facebook groups on Facebook, and we do daily accountability with them. Because uh, at the end of the day, you can have the perfect plan in front of you, Denise, right? But if mm-hmm. you're not doing it, you're probably not getting any results. So we're really holding clients accountable and supporting and motivating them to actually you know, implement and take action on the plan that we're giving them. Um, and, you know, helping them through that process. So that's, oh. that's what our programs look like. Yeah. That's great. That's really great. Very, very innovative. So um, let's, let's, let's talk about what the best modality is for weight loss and fat loss. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start with nutrition or with the training? Sure. <laughs> sure. So with both? Um, do them in the order that, that you feel is the um, best way to go. Sure. Um, well, if we're talking about females, um, females are more, we'll say, diet sensitive than mm-hmm. males, meaning mm-hmm. the diet is more important for female weight loss um, compared to males. Males very lean a little bit more on um, the exercise being, them being more sensitive to exercise. Not that okay. the training and the ex- the exercise selection and programming is not important for women. It is, and I'll get into that, but the okay. diet is definitely more important. So we, we basically have a uh, what we call our nutrition pyramid, um, and it's very different than what the <laughs> uh, nutrition pyramid is with the FDA. Uh, but basically mm-hmm. we take a triage approach with, with people in nutrition, um, and nutrition needs to be fully custom because, you know, you, Denise, you are the only one on the planet with your specific body type, 
with your specific ethnic background, with your age, current weight, um, and dietary history, and also history of environment, right? Because different mm-hmm. environments that you've been in in your past are maybe affecting um, if you have different toxins or things in your body as well. So you are a specific being, meaning your nutrition plan should be specific as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, our triage approach looks like this. If you're looking at an, a pyramid, the base of the foundation of that pyramid is net energy balance. And basically what that just means is the most important thing for weight loss is your in and energy deficit, which just simply means you're expending more energy, which we'll measure in calories, compared to what you're consuming in calories. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, obviously a lot of diet programs have that right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we, we definitely look at um, total caloric intake uh, for females. And um, what's interesting, though, that we like to do is a more marginal deficit, meaning as opposed to doing a diet where you're cutting, you know, 500 calories a day or 1,000 calories a day from what you were doing, um, we actually only do a 10% deficit. So let's say, you know, you've been maintaining your weight the last six months eating 2,000 calories a day. Obviously, if you want to lose weight, you've got to start either expending more than 2,000 or you've got to start eating less than 2,000, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. What, what we would create a 10% percent deficit with the nutrition, meaning 10% of 2,000 is 200, so you would start with Mm -hmm. 1,800 calories would be your starting caloric intake in order to start seeing weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's most important uh, in terms of the nutrition pyramid and the triage approach to all this. The next most important is what's called macronutrients, right? So uh, macros being protein, carbs, and fats. Those are the three main macronutrients. So those different nutrients are having a different hormonal response and are being metabolized differently, right? Because you could, right. you know, you could eat 1,800 calories of Twinkies. That's going to be a very different response on your body than 1,800 calories of, you know, lean meats, vegetables, and, and white rice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You'll still lose weight technically on both. We've actually seen that in science. But in terms of sustainable weight loss that you'll be able to keep off forever as well as having, um, you know, positive body composition where you don't, you know, we, we hear the term skinny fat um, where you maybe you're skinny, but you don't have any muscle tone or definition. And most, okay. most females don't want to look like that anymore anyway. Right. So um, that's why we, we prescribe a specific amount of protein, carbohydrates and fat um, based on body type ethnic background, um, and dietary history. So we figure out their energy needs, which is the calories. The next step is then understanding macronutrients and what that, what should comprise those calories. And then the triage above that is micronutrients, meaning like everyone's body needs specific nutrients in order to function. Um, you have to have a certain amount of magnesium, for example. Magnesium's responsible for like 300 plus enzymatic reactions in the body. So if you're deficient in magnesium, your body as a machine is not working properly. So some people can be frustrated and be like, well, what the heck? I'm eating less calories. Uh, I'm even getting the right macronutrients, but I'm still not losing weight. And it's because they haven't addressed some different nutrient deficiencies or nutrient ratios within the micronutrients. So that's when like, all the the B vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin A, choline, uh, amino acids, all these different micronutrients that come into play. And that's why food quality is so important Um, because there's a huge, uh, there's a huge, uh, I guess, like diet um, frenzy, which is called If It Fits Your Macros, um, where basically they say, you know, as long as you're getting the right macros, which is you're getting the right amount of protein, carbs, and fats to your body, you're going to see the results that you want to see. But that's not true if you're eating, you know, Jack in the Box and McDonald's containing your macros. That's going to be different than uh, getting whole foods and vegetables and, um, you know, wild game meats and eggs. So the quality of food, because the nutrient density is different, becomes important as well. 
And then to finish up this nutrition pyramid um, with and how it pertains to weight loss, the next most important thing then would be nutrient timing. Um, and basically, there's a lot of specialization that comes into how to time those different nutrients um, in terms of when you should have protein, carbs, and fat. Um, but so that that kind of pertains case by case, and we can get into that specifically if you want to. And then the last the last thing is supplementation. So okay. obviously in the fitness industry, supplements are very over-exaggerated in terms of what results they bear. But mm-hmm. in reality, they are not going to increase results unless the, these other subsections of the pyramid are in place. And the okay. energy balance needs to be on point. Macronutrients needs to be on point. You're uh, getting all your micronutrients to be a quality food you're timing your nutrients properly, and then supplementation can aid in results. So that's kind of what our nutrition pyramid looks like for weight loss. Um, and then we, we just customize uh, from person to person. Does that make sense? It does. It's, it's actually a very scientific approach. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we, have mm-hmm. to, we have to use what we know with, uh, with how things work uh, to to bear results for people. I don't I don't assume you run any uh, you have your clients run any type of blood tests before they start your program. Do, do I have what? Uh, do you have any of your clients um, provide uh, blood work before they start your program? Um, we don't. Uh, we probably could, um, but the hard part with that is. Um, you know, <laughs> different doctors are going to do blood work differently. And so, because um, different doctors will have different standards of what is good and or bad, and they'll, they're looking at different things. So we'd mm-hmm. have to prescribe, or not prescribe, but um, suggest a very specific blood panel, and we'd have to get, get them to get that blood panel from a doctor that um, is trusted so I think sure. it's just kind of a cumbersome process. But, yeah, I mean, blood panels can be indicative of so much, um, which really aids in, in prescribing the right nutrition plan for somebody, for sure. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking because there's um, quite a bit involved relative to the nutritional side and the exercise side that you almost, I would think, would need to know the general health of a client because yeah. um, that would depend on how rigorous a program you'd start them out on. Right. And this is kind of the interesting part of, you know, what, what's too rigorous and what's not too rigorous, right? With mm-hmm. In terms of the training and prescribing our training, because um, we're actually prescribing 90% weight training. So, um, and we're talking weight loss with females. So, we are prescribing 90% strength training, like lifting weights. Um, we do very minimal cardio, and I can get into why, because um, that's a bit of a, a winded explanation as well. But uh, in terms of, like, making sure that the workouts are not too hard for somebody, there's something called the RPE scale, which is rate of perceived exertion. Um, and basically, it's a way to self-manage intensity. So the way that we make sure an, uh, an exercise plan is not too hard for somebody is, first of all, we program their first four weeks with, within the confines of a total volume, meaning uh, how many total reps they're doing in a workout as well as how many total reps they do in a given week. Um, we give them confines of a, of a certain volume that can be manageable from anyone. Like, so if you've been a couch potato for years, you can handle this volume. But then okay. the, R, the RPE scale, which is rate of perceived exertion, um, the clients rate themselves. So they're actually self-prescribing how much weight they should be using based off of an RPE scale that we give them. Um, so like if we say, hey – your 10th rep of your third set should be a 9 out of 10 on the RPE scale. So mm-hmm. um, that way they're doing the workout hard enough for them 
Um, but, you know, the weight and intensity that they use will be different from person to person. So that's how we make okay. sure that it, it's rigorous enough but not too rigorous. Um, but anyone that we work with, you have to be cleared by a doctor for exercise, right? Okay. So, that's what I was wondering. Uh, yeah. yeah, in terms of liability, like, yeah, we can't train somebody who has cleared. Um, and, but, you know, blood panel isn't really necessary for that. It, it's more so... You know, if you have crazy cardiac issues or or something of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about you know supplementation, that's that's what triggered my my question. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the supplementation that we're prescribing is more so. Um, we we prescribe specific supplements, for example, for for people who have chronic stress. Um. I feel like nine out of ten women in the U.S. are overly stressed in in one or more categories, uh, and you'd probably agree with that. Yeah, um, I do. Mm-hmm. What because what's interesting is, you know, stress the the physiological response is, you know, your pupils dilate, but, <laughs> uh, and your digestion slows down, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure rises. We have this physiological response to stress because. In, in nature, when we were, you know, living in the wild, mm-hmm. if we saw, like, a lion that was going to attack us, we would want to have all of these physiological responses to happen in response to the stress because pupils dilating, now we have more clear vision. Um, our digestion slows down because we're about to run away. We don't need to, need to take a break to go pee. <laughs> and <laughs> our heart rate is rising and blood pressure is rising so that we can pump more blood and, and, you know, transfer nutrients to our working musculature uh, to basically survive this stressful situation. The, the hard part, though, now is in our society, everyone's so busy and trying to do so much mm-hmm. and not sleeping that they're having this same, you know, lion attack experience, but they're having it like 15 times a day. And so it causes this chronic stress response so, like, cortisol is our, the main stress hormone that we secrete from the adrenal gland, and there's a cascade of events that happens when we have chronic cortisol in our system. You know, our, our thyroid function goes down um, because tyrosine, which is an, uh, an amino acid that helps um, combine with iodine and, and selenium to create T4, which is our thyroid hormone, that becomes less available because of the heightened cortisol. Um, you know, our, we... It, our insulin resistance increases when we have chronic cortisol. So insulin being the hormone that tells nutrients to go be used for energy, our cells are now no longer responding to insulin, which means you bring food in and it turns right into fat because you're resistant to insulin now. So, um, you know, one of the main coming, kind of circling back (laughs) to uh, stress being such a a killer and and causing weight gain uh, for, for people is the supplements we prescribe that can kind of help counteract that right away. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a supplement Mm -hmm. called 5-HTP, which stands for hydroxytryptophan, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Tryptophan being a precursor to serotonin, which is our our calming neurotransmitter that helps put us to sleep and and de-stress us. So that's actually been proven to to lower um, our insulin resistance. Um, It clears cortisol out of our body. Um, it helps people sleep better, which is going to help affect the whole cortisol issue as well. Um, that and magnesium is another supplement because, you know, most people in the United States are actually deficient in magnesium because True. of the way that we manufacture food. You know, we're supposed mm-hmm. to be getting enough magnesium via dark leafy greens and, and, and other vegetables and things, but because, um, you know, the soil sucks that the farmers are, are – to mass produce all of these vegetables, it's actually deficient in that magnesium. So, um, you know, that, that's yes. causing a, a number of issues for people. So, you know, right away we'll be like, okay, look, you're overly stressed. You at least need to start with the 5-HTP and magnesium. Um, so th- there's like specific supplements that we give based off the goal and just the situation and, and the environment that a client may be in. Does that make sense? No, those, are, those, are ex- those are excellent um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a really big proponent of magnesium. 
Yeah. I take I take it myself. I actually use a spray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. It's awesome. You just have to be careful how much magnesium you take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it can it can give you the runs, right? <laughs> if you take too much of it. <laughs> it really can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what's funny is I, I know some people who take magnesium. <laughs> Uh, when they get constipated, right? So they'll do a high dosage of magnesium and do like 800 milligrams just to to clear clear themselves out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it works. It definitely works. Yep, it does. <laughs> uh, well, you talked a little bit about sleep and how it's related to um, to weight loss and health. Is there anything else you wanted to add to about that? Uh, you said sweets or stress? Um, sleep. Oh, sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a that's a yeah. great topic. Um, <clears throat> so what we've seen, you know, when you look even at the literature, when we've researched the um, how sleep affects weight loss, um, obviously it's highly um, interrelated, and so um, you can. I, I saw a uh, an expansive um, study that looked at multiple research studies, and it was um, looking at it from country to country. And what was interesting was, um, like in the United States, for example, the percentage of the population that struggles with a sleep disorder is uh, somewhere around like 70 to 73%, uh, if you include both uh, males and females. What's interesting is you look at uh, the U.S. population and what percentage of the population struggles with um, being overweight or obese, it's 70 to 73%. Um, then you look at other countries, like Belgium is a more healthy country. Uh, the, num- the percentage of the population who has sleep disorders there is around 13%. Well, just like we would think, the percentage of the population who's overweight or obese is 13%. So we can see that there's a huge correlation, and basically, uh, I don't know if people understand this, but when you lack uh, enough quantity of sleep, right, um, you know, whether that's seven hours or eight and a half hours, um, everyone's a bit that's different rare. of how much, yeah, yeah. how much quantity really someone for, needs. It's really rare for Americans to even get that much anymore. Exactly. I think that I think um, the average is, is maybe six that right. seems to be the average. Right. And then not to mention, like, that's not necessarily six quality hours either because um, the quality of your sleep is, yeah, is going to affect things as well. So, um, you know, it, it, when you have less sleep, for example, um, you have an increased appetite. So we've seen this in research. So obviously if you have an increased appetite, you're eating more food, you're going to gain weight. Um, you also have higher levels of cortisol. So that kind of comes mm-hmm. back to what I was saying about cortisol and how that makes a person gain weight. Um, so it is, uh, it's very harmful. It, you know, sleep is one of the things that we try to cover with clients right at the beginning um, because if you can't have good sleep, you're not going to hit your goals and you're not going to see results. So that kind of comes back to, um, you know, supplementing 5-HTP, magnesium, maybe adding melatonin into that. Um, but actually what's interesting, coming back to nutrient timing, mm-hmm. this is uh, something that we educate our clients on for weight loss, uh, is actually what's, uh, it's called carb backloading. But basically, um, if you're wanting to lose weight, 100% you should not have carbohydrates in your first meal. Um, uh, and I'll explain why. You should actually have most of your carbohydrate intake at the end of the day. Um, oh. And it's funny because I feel like the for whatever reason, we've, we've been told, you know, oh, you got to eat carbs in the morning because you're going to use it all day, right? Mm-hmm. And if you eat them at night, you're going to go to sleep and you won't use them. And it's like, well, there's no science to that statement whatsoever. So Interesting. Um, when you look at our natural circadian rhythm, you know, we, we rise from sleep, um, we kind of amp up in energy, and then as we go trail off into the evening, energy comes down, 
our neurotransmitters kind of uh, transition to a place of relaxation and going into sleep mode. Um, so, you know, there's a natural circadian rhythm uh, with how we live as human beings. So in the context of that, carbohydrates uh, carry tryptophan, and, right? Tryptophan being uh, the amino acid, which is a precursor to serotonin, serotonin being our neurotransmitter that uh, calms us and puts us to sleep and relaxes us, which is a good thing to have higher serotonin levels if you're about to go to bed, right? Not mm. when you first wake up in the morning because you need to be productive and focused. Um, so that's why we have clients backload carbs and save it for the end of the day. And when they do that, um, people's sleep improves because you're now – uh, you're joining in with what your natural neurotransmitters want to do within your circadian rhythm, and you're able to sleep better because you had your carbs at the end of the day and not the beginning. What carbs do you recommend that they eat at the end of the day? Um, so obviously carbohydrates, there's a bunch of different types, right? There's uh, sucrose, sucralose, glucose, maltose, lactose, fructose. There's all these different types of carbohydrates. Um, but the way to think about carbohydrates is in three groupings, starches, vegetables, and fruit. That, that's probably mm-hmm. the easiest way to, to classify uh, the three types of carbohydrates. So really, it really depends on the person, Denise, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. what their total carb intake is. But the rule of thumb is to have the, your carbs be like 50% starch, 40% uh, or I'm sorry, 50% vegetable, 40 to 30% starch, and then the remaining from fruit. Um, and so it really just depends. Like, so like safe starches for us would be tapioca, white rice, and uh, potato, any type of potato. Okay. Um, okay. We, we call those the, our safe starches because there is no known allergy or digestive issue with those starches. Whereas, mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of people have issues with gluten and grain and, and other types of carbohydrates. So um, the safe starches would be tapioca, white rice, and potato. So those can be eaten. Uh, fruit, typically we don't want people eating fruit unless it's post-workout, post-training. Um, fruit is, you know, uh, a higher glycemic carb, which means... Um, it turns into glucose and gets into our blood uh, stream very quickly. Mm-hmm. And unless unless our body is in need of those sugars, uh, it's they're likely to be stored in our fat cells. So um, obviously post-workout, your body needs to replenish muscle glycogen, liver glycogen, and it needs that glucose right away. So it's good uh, to have fruit post-workout. But otherwise it may or may not be, uh, you know, hurting the weight loss process for somebody, um, So, which is why we're not huge on fruit as like a normal carbohydrate unless post-training. And then vegetables I, obviously can be eaten always. I, I gather the first meal of the day then would be protein. That's right, protein and fat to be exact. Protein and fat. Yeah. Eggs? So think of e- – eggs- Eggs are great. Um, even like a nice steak with like uh, slices of avocado on top. Um, sausage, if it's a quality sausage. Um, yeah, so that, that you kind of bring up another um, cool point with nutrient timing. So yeah, the first meal, especially if people are trying to lose weight, needs to be a protein and fat dense meal and have zero carbs or sugars. And and it comes back to um, it comes back to blood sugar regulation and also the circadian rhythm. So you wake up in the morning, what do you need to do the rest of the day? You need to focus, you need to be productive, you need to have energy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with all of these goals at the beginning of the day, you need to have something that's going to uh, increase blood sugar but not spike it super high and then have it drop down, which is what carbohydrates do. Protein, on, mm-hmm. on the other hand, gives a more steady um, increase in blood sugars and manages blood sugars over a long period of time. So that would be the, the benefit of having the protein. And then the fats, 
um, which most protein-dense foods have fat with it, right? Meats and mm-hmm. eggs, those all have fats with it. So when you have fat, um, fats carry a nutrient called choline, which is a precursor to acetylcholine. So that's a different neurotransmitter, which gives us the mental focus, clarity, productivity. So coming back to circadian rhythm and blood sugar management to have more uh, energy that is sustained over a longer period of time, being more productive and focused, um, you want to have a protein and fat-dense meal at their first meal. And it's interesting because most people will have some form of bread for breakfast. Yep. Or oatmeal. Yep. Exactly. And that's why most people are overweight. Uh-huh. According to your plan, that's not too terribly advantageous. It's not. Yeah, it's really not. Let me see. Um, Let's talk about the minimal cardio you were discussing a little earlier. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah, I'd love to. So, uh, again, this is not just me pulling it out of my butt and saying we do this because I say so. But looking at uh, the the literature, uh, the scientific literature on this, um, you know, they've been doing more expansive studies now on, like, distance running, for example. And mm-hmm. they've actually found that people who run more than 20 miles a week are actually at a higher risk of a cardiac uh, arrest or a heart attack than someone who's running less than 20 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, cardio, if we're talking about spending 30 minutes on the treadmill or on the elliptical for an hour or what have you, um, first of all, we're hormonally, we're not in a place that actually uh, burns fat and builds muscle over the long term because we've seen through research that cardio has a higher cortisol secretion from it, meaning cortisol is that stress hormone, and we talked about that, you know, a little bit earlier in our Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. Cortisol is going to cause fat accumulation. It's an inflammatory response if it's in our system chronically. So uh, we obviously, most people are already stressed out as it is. Why would we induce more stress with their exercise? So Mm -hmm. that's one ding for cardio. Um, And then the other ding for it, though, is it's not easily uh, progressed uh, in order to continue to see the same results, meaning, okay, say you've been a couch potato and you hop on the treadmill for the first time today and you run for an hour. Yes, likely running for that hour, you're going to burn 400 calories. However, as your body goes through adaptation and you develop more mitochondria in the cell and your aerobic capacity increases and your VO2 max and all these different things that adapt with endurance exercise, in two weeks, you do that same run, you're now burning 200 calories. So that's where someone can get frustrated and be like, what the heck? I, I still burn my 400 calories in my workout today. Why am I not losing weight still? And it's because you didn't burn 400 calories. Your body's adapted. That that one-hour run is easier on you now. Um, and, and that's kind of why we like prescribing the weight training because, A, it doesn't have that high cortisol response which is making people physiologically more stressed, which is not helping their weight loss. But it's also it's putting people in an anabolic state. So it's actually releasing the androgen hormones like testosterone, growth hormone, um, and even in females, which those things don't only help promote muscle tissue, but they help promote fat loss. So, and not to mention weight training, you can more easily progress it. You know, cardio mm-hmm. and running it's kind of hard to progress as your body adapts. Whereas with weight training, you increase the weight or you increase the volume or the work that you did in a given week. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of where, like, the programming that we do for people, we can manage that environment so that people are always burning their 400 to 500 calories in their hour workout. And, And not only that, but 
they're not inducing more stress on their body, and they're also building muscle tissue, which is a good thing, especially for females trying to lose weight because your metabolism has to be higher with the more muscle tissue you have because uh, muscle tissue takes more energy to sustain. So the more muscle you have, the higher metabolism you have, which means the easier it is to keep weight off. Um, hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Very, very interesting. <laughs> when when you talked earlier about um, your clients, um, their their target is to lose one pound a week. Yeah, one to two, depending on the. One person. to two. Yeah. yeah. And that will be weight that they'll actually keep off if they continue with your program. Right. So let, let's talk about the It's not going to be greater... water loss, in other words. It's not yeah, water loss. Great, the, right, exactly. So because you're right, you know, um, within a, a female's, you know, period, for example, uh, when, like right after you, you ovulate, a, your progesterone levels go up. Progesterone does cause more water to retain in the large intestine, so that can cause a little bit of weight gain from water retention. Um, same with if you have a large carb meal uh, one day out of the week that was higher than the other days, carbohydrates carry more liquid and more water, um, so you can have a little bit more water uh, weight gain from that as well. So to manage that, we actually have all of our clients weigh themselves at the same time um, every day, and then we have them add those seven weigh-ins up and divide by seven to get an average for the week. So we want okay. their average weight to be going down by one to two pounds a week. Um, so that, that's the way to kind of understand what their true net weight is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, a female who's 125 pounds uh, who's like the quote-unquote skinny fat, she is not going to lose weight. Uh, she's going to drop a dress size, and she's going to definitely look more lean because she's going to drop body fat. But because of her body type and being at that weight, she's likely going to be 125 pounds still in 12 weeks. But instead of having 40 pounds of fat and the, the other, you know, being muscle, is she's going to have only 20 pounds of fat and the rest muscle. So, you know, she, because of that body type, she's mm-hmm. gaining muscle at the same rate that she's losing fat. So there are certain cases where, you know, the scale is not going to show net weight loss, but there is going to be fat weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of a client really seeing weight loss and sustaining it for life, the way that we ensure that is actually through what's called reverse dieting. I don't know if you've heard of that, Denise. Mm-mm. No, so, I haven't. Uh, the metabolism is always trying to create homeostasis, meaning if you if you drop your calorie intake today, your metabolism is actually going to slow down to meet the new caloric need. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. So in order to stay ahead of that adaptive curve so that women can continue to see weight loss, we have to continue to drop calories over uh, a sequential number of weeks. Now, you can't just keep going down and down and down forever because, what, someone's going to eat 500 calories a day? It's horrible. So Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. we do is we cap people at about 1,200 calories um, because when you look at the research of nutrients, um, it's very hard to get all of these essential micronutrients mm-hmm. um, if you're eating less than 1,200 calories. So what we do is when a female uh, or any client gets to 1,200, we reverse diet them. So we actually slowly start to increase their calorie intake, which then forces the metabolism to respond by increasing. Um, but because we're doing this very marginally and over a period of time, we can lift a person's metabolic rate while only gaining a pound or maybe two pounds over a six to eight-week period. But now we've lifted their metabolic rate by about 600 calories, and now we can put them in a deficit again to start losing their one to two pounds a week again. So that's how we create a timeline of staying above the metabolic adaptation curve, but Mm -hmm. also not 
not sabotaging the metabolism. Um, you know, you've probably seen all, all the people who are on Biggest Loser, and they're losing like 150 or 200 pounds over a six-month period. But look, look up every contestant who's ever been on that show. Nine out of ten of them have put all their weight back on within, the last, within a year after being on the show. And it's because... Oh, that's sad. It, but it's because the metabolism was – they weren't working congruently with the metabolism. You know, they, they were mm-hmm. putting such a shock of a calorie deficit that the metabolism slows down, and now they're eating a 1,000 calories a day and gaining weight, and it's because the metabolism slowed down to compensate for that stressful environment that it was placed in. So that's why, you know, we only, we only shoot for one to two pounds a week with women is because it's safer for the metabolism. And are you a proponent of three meals a day or snacking in between? What do you recommend? Yeah, that is more of a lifestyle decision, um, mm-hmm. meaning it doesn't really affect results that much if someone who does six meals compared to three. Now, okay. We do not recommend people do less than three because then things do start to shift with blood sugars and, and insulin, and those things, you know, play a role in weight loss. So less than three meals would not be good. Um, more than six meals would be a bit excessive unless, you know, you're like a bodybuilder and you have to get, you know, 400 grams of protein in a day. You're going to have mm-hmm. to space that out for more meals. But, yeah, so – we don't really care how many meals someone decides to do it in. Because coming back to the nutrition pyramid for us, the most important is, okay, what was your total calorie intake? Because sure. if it's on point with what we gave you, you're going to be losing weight. And if you're hitting your macronutrients and following the rest of the pyramid within the customization that we gave you, you're going to see a result. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say anything between three and six is fine. It just depends on lifestyle and what a person can do. Gotcha. Hmm. And, what, and on the protein side that we had talked about earlier, how much protein do you consider enough for a healthy weight loss? So for healthy weight loss for females, you can do anywhere between 0.7 grams per pound of body weight up to 1.5 grams per pound uh, of body weight. Um, so we typically try and place most females at one gram per pound. Um, okay. But what's interesting about protein needs is uh, ethnic background or phenotype. Oh, meaning okay. Like uh, Native Indians, because of how that phenotype has evolved over time, um, they can metabolize protein like it's nobody's business. So they can do like tons of protein and do fine on it. Whereas like someone from the Polynesian islands uh, has a bit more fruit and carbohydrates as part of their diet. If they tried to do the same amount of protein as a native Indian, Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be hating life Mm because that phenotype does not know how to metabolize protein at the rate that native Indians do. So uh, that kind of comes into play with people, but the range that I gave you is, the optimal range for females who are trying to lose weight. Okay. Well, that's great. My gosh, the time has really flown. You, you've been so interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> been a great interview. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to um, our interview? Um, I think just that, you know, whoever's listening, if you feel like, um, you know, there's no hope for you, uh, there, there is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, for us, the biggest part of the transformation process for people is your mindset. And I just want to encourage listeners, be aware of the story you're telling yourself. Because if you're, if you're telling yourself um, that you're lazy and that you don't have any time to work out and that eating healthy is too hard, um, that's why your life is manifesting the results that it's manifesting. It's because you're telling yourself a story, and so that's coming into fruition. So mm-hmm. um, re- really start to – I want people to tell truth about themselves, that 
um, you know, that you're, you're beautiful. You're, you're wonderfully made. You are not lazy. You're diligent. Um, you're persistent. Um, you're strong. And, start, and you have time to do whatever you want because you're the master of time. And I, I just want to encourage the listeners that to recalibrate how you talk to yourself, um, and that's going to be the beginning of, uh, you know, the nutrition and the workouts and all of that coming into play. Because, again, I can put the perfect plan in front of somebody, but if they're not going to do it, they're not going to get the results. So That's um, very true. Yeah. That's true. You really have to make the commitment. You really have to want it. Totally. Badly 100%. enough. Oh, Taylor Robbins. Why don't you give our listeners your website address so they know where to go to find you? Yeah. Yeah, you guys can go to bodytemplesystem.com. Um, and actually, we do uh, a 28-day challenge every month um, where we guarantee eight pounds of fat loss in 28 days uh, for $28. And really? We do $100, yeah, we do a $100 cash prize for the best transformation. Um, and that, that comes with the workout program, the nutrition program, and with coaching and support. Um, so it's a really fun challenge, and it, and it, it brings great results for women. Um, so, yeah, check out the website. We do a ton of articles and uh, blogs and videos, um, you know, really trying to educate and help as many people out there as possible. Well, thank you, Taylor Robbins, for being with us today. It's been quite enlightening, and I'm sure our listeners awesome. have just really enjoyed um, the time that you've spent with us. So thanks awesome. again. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye-bye. You too. See ya. All right, listeners, um, please join us again next Thursday. We'll have another really informative show for you. Until then, be happy and be healthy. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? <laughs>